0: Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888 760 3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Cokell.
1: Going to talk all things college football in Florida. Just a moment, Ken Levick live with Theo Dorsey hanging out with us uh, at Theo Dorsey TV on Twitter. Follow him, Theo Dorsey. Here's CWPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox 29. Making the sacrifices, working the weekends, so we can know what's happening in sports locally. I salute you, sir.
0: I'm just trying to be a man of the people. I'm trying to. I do this so y'all can live. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. So again, catch the uh, WP TV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox 29. And catch the Ken Levick Alive podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's free and it comes right to your device if you've subscribed to it. That's the Ken Levick Alive podcast. Again, wherever you get your podcast, we do it for you and we package it up real nice in little bitty portions or in one gigantic dose. Ken Levick Alive podcast. Again, wherever. you you uh, you get your podcast. Uh, let's go ahead and start our Florida College Football Funhouse. We'll whip around here and talk about everything that took place in the state of Florida College Football. And Joe Rigotti, why don't we open with a team that we were talking about just a few moments ago, the Seminoles of Florida State. FSU falls to number 9 Notre Dame 41-38 to 38 in overtime. And we've already established it. Mike Norvell, Probably should have gone with Mackenzie Milton. Mackenzie Milton, I don't care who practiced better in the fall. I understand Mackenzie Milton's coming off that injury, but if he's even in the same neighborhood as Jordan Travis, which I believe he had to have been, especially if the decision is not revealed until moments before kickoff who the starting quarterback is, Mackenzie Milton gives Florida State the best chance to win football games and do it now. It's not Jordan Travis. You have the sample size of what Jordan Travis is, who is athletic. Uh, He's got a good arm. Is he accurate? Not really. There's a reason that they were so reliant on uh, throwing screen passes in this game for Jordan Travis. He did hit on a big one, which was encouraging. But Mackenzie Milton, if you want sustained drives, he's the guy. He has to be the guy.
0: More experience, more precise arm, and, and it showed last not last night, but on Saturday night when they you know, made that push. So, yeah, he knows
1: now. He knows better. And I think he'll get the start against Jacksonville State, and that will come up Saturday night from Tallahassee. That's what's next for Florida State. This is, and I can't believe we're saying this about FSU, mighty Florida State, but that was feel good. That was a feel-good loss for Florida State. And just doing basic basic things competently that started off as a win for Florida State, and then they damn near beat Notre Dame, Mm. which would have been incredible for them. But the fact that the penalties were down, the fact that they can line up correctly, the fact that it looks like they finally have a pass rush again, the fact that it looks like they at least have an offensive line that's interested in protecting the quarterback.
0: That's the big thing.
1: All of those things are such vast improvements from what we saw a year ago and two years ago from Florida State, it's sort of sad that the basics coming around is where you say, "All right, thumbs up, this is going well." But that's sort of where they're at. So I suppose you take this weekend as a win for Florida State overall.
0: Yeah, if you're a Noles fan, you came into this season with very little expectation. You have a game against a top ten opponent, even though Notre Dame might be a little overrated. But you know, I think that's they Notre are. Dame.
1: I think they are. But uh, the Wisconsin transfer, Jack Cohen, uh, he he's he's. Fine. He's fine. Is he going to make Notre Dame a national championship contender? No. No? Is Mackenzie Milton, was Mackenzie Milton better than Cohen late? Yeah. I, I, just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what Notre Dame is. I do know they're not going to compete for a national championship. If they're playing that tight with Florida State, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not happening. FSU fans, uh, what was your overall feeling of the weekend? What was Florida State fans' overall feeling after the Notre Dame game? Happy, disappointed, concerned, or optimistic? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Florida State fans, your overall feeling after losing in overtime to Notre Dame on Saturday. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's go ahead and focus on the debacle in Atlanta. The Miami Hurricanes and Alabama Saturday from Atlanta, and this was over immediately. 44-13, to 13, the final 14th-ranked Hurricanes are not going to be number 14 in the new rankings today. They're about to take a tumble. Number one Alabama just doing number one Alabama things. But like we were discussing earlier, Theo, it was the complete listlessness. It was the complete inability or want to try and push Alabama, to try and establish any sort of dominance against Alabama. Even if you can't do it, don't you think that you try and get up-tempo? Don't you think that you try and have Eric King push the ball down the field? Instead, it's just run, 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 run. It was sleepy, it was boring, it was uninspiring, and it turned out to be very embarrassing. We knew the Canes were going to lose, but to lose it, doing it in a boring manner... That's a bad look on Rut Lashley. That's a bad look on Manny Diaz.
0: It's a terrible look. And at least if you're going to hold on to one thing, it's and, – and, and, you know, the, the Alabama probably lit up a little bit in that second half when they saw what Miami was trying out there, and they also oh, had that Oh, undoubtedly, yeah. But at least it didn't get out of hand, I guess, if you're a Canes fan. But outside of that, it's just like you hope that this is not the game plan going forward. You hope that Manny Diaz was saving his cards because he knew his team was going to fold anyways. And I hope we stay in the top 20, you know, like – I know Miami's dropping, but can we get
1: 19? I think they'll stay in the top 20, but I also i I really hope that it wasn't Manny Diaz trying to save something. You're on national television in a spotlight game, in a spotlight stadium for college football. Uh, in the non-conference, that is really the epicenter of college football. You get this opportunity to go up against Alabama and at least show off some of your athletes and show kids – that there still is something valuable about Miami and give kids a desire to want to go play for the Canes, and instead you formulate a game plan that was sleepy and uninspiring. What about that to these kids down here in South Florida will make them think, oh, man, I want to be a part of that. Yeah, That's good. Unless they end up having sympathy feelings, and say, oh man, I need to go help. They need me right away. We know the Canes have talent, though. We know the talent is there, but if that's how you're utilizing it, you've made up absolutely no ground, it appears, from last year. That sucks. That really sucks. Go down swinging. Have De'Eric King try and stretch the field. Rhett Lashley, that might be where I'm more disappointed than Manny Diaz. Like, that's not Rhett Lashley. Rhett Lashley is motion. Rhett Lashley is tempo. Rhett Lashley is creating mismatches. They didn't even attempt to do any of that stuff. I mean, that just flat out sucked. The whole thing sucked. It really did. Just try. Try. And you're right, Alabama started benching guys in the second (laughs) half, and that's when Miami made up ground.
0: And the most embarrassing part for me as a Miami Hurricanes fan is the turnover chain debacle.
1: Oh, all right, so let's discuss that. Let's discuss that. And, Canes fans, how are you feeling after Saturday against Alabama? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. In a year where it definitely appears like the ACC is completely up for grabs. Oh, my goodness. Completely up for grabs. That's what you trotted out there against the number one team in the country, with the country watching, with the nation watching. And let's be clear about something. This is the second time they have opened the season in a Hallmark game uh, a couple of years ago when they opened against LSU uh, in in Dallas at Jerry World, where they didn't show up in that game either. So that's that's two in the last three years where they have started the season, huge stage, and they have not shown up. That's a problem. They, they they can't compete really with anything in the SEC, and when they go about it, doing it in a sleepy fashion, that just compounds the problem. But Canes fans, how are you feeling after Saturday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We are going to get to the, the turnover chain debacle because that probably never should have happened. Uh, Jim is in Jupiter. Jim, you're on Ken LeVick Alive. What's up, Jim?
2: Yeah, hey there, Ken. Um, a couple of... Uh polls have already dropped them to twenty five. The official A P and coaches poll hasn't come out yet, but, but they have these other S I poll and a yeah, few others. Sure.
1: That po- that so they're really the
2: big thing for me was um, I'm sorry. The big thing for me was I just don't think the Eric was at full strength because there was no run-pass option the entire none. game.
1: Absolutely none. And we were talking about it earlier, and Jim, you might be right. Like, he, Theo brought it up. He might be dinged up. They they may just be limiting his contact. That also is a problem, though, if that's the case.
2: I, I can't think of any other reason why they... Yeah. Because before he got hurt last year in the bowl game, that that was their biggest run. I mean, the, the biggest runs all year were, were him, yeah. and his runs set up uh, uh, is it Cam? I forget the other fullback or the running back. Cam Hendren or whatever his name is. I apologize. But uh, I think that's the big issue there. I don't think anybody was focusing on him running and they we were able to shut down the run because there was no Derek King to worry about. That's my two cents. Thank yeah, you.
1: Yeah, uh, and it makes sense. But when I when I think Rhett Lashley, he, he, he has an established offensive mind enough to try and overcome... De'Eric King's physical shortcomings, and maybe he's still, and he said he got his knee knocked in the second half. Maybe he still has some soreness from the ACL injury. I don't know. This is all speculation. It's less than a year from that ACL injury. But Rhett, like, Rhett Lashley needs to be better. That needs to be a better game plan. If they don't have their full RPO options, you need to figure out a way to get other people involved. That's why you were brought to Miami. That's why you're considered this innovative offensive mind. What he did at SMU was he created mismatches and tempo and speed and that's what brought them back. This was non-competitive. Non-competitive at all. And it was non-competitive while being boring. And that's an issue because that is how you develop a reputation. That's how you get hurt in recruiting. That was not there was nothing positive about Miami on Saturday and then there's the turnover chain. Mm. So that's really a big pull. Like that's the identity. That's fun. That's what everybody can rally around. You're down 27 to nothing, <laughs> okay? And you recover a fumble that ends up not being a fumble. So you have to meekly take the turnover chain off after celebrating with it and tuck it back in its little case. Mm. But at 27 to nothing,
0: you don't need to that turnover
1: chain doesn't need to come out at all. Mm. And I'm all for fun. I'm all for doing things outside the box. I'm all for the flash and the glam and the cockiness of the turnover chain. I love that thing. I don't think that it's run its course. Roll it out every year. But when you're done 27 nothing and you're getting your face kicked in on national television, that thing cannot see. It cannot see the light of day. It just can't.
0: Yeah, there's got to be a protocol there. And that's the first time it really came up, especially in the national spotlight. I'm not sure if it happened in one of those games nobody was paying attention to because Miami is starting to sadly turn into that kind of program because they build up the hype and then they get blown out in big games. But to bring out the chain... Down 27 zip. Like Manny Diaz, somebody on that sideline has to be like, no. Yeah, this is a bad idea. The equipment manager, somebody, because I was already embarrassed when we brought the chain out. <laughs> but to then. Have the- <laughs> yeah, that
1: was like double embarrassment, right? It's embarrassing to bring it out down 27 uh, to nothing, and then when you have to. Like, meekly,
0: oh, no, that
1: wasn't a turnover. Put it back in the box.
0: That's awful. As soon as they started reviewing it, he should have took it off quickly while they're still showing the replays (laughs) on TV. so the cameras can't catch him.
1: Right, right. Quick, quick, take this, take this. Put it it back in the box. (laughs) Oh, there was nothing good uh, about Saturday for Miami. Uh, So, Canes fans... How you feeling after that? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. 8887603776. And uh, tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. It's our Florida college football funhouse on a Tuesday coming off a long weekend. Let's go. Tick Gainesville, where number 13 Florida took down Florida Atlantic 35-14. to 14. Let's do this in two parts here because I do want to talk some FAU. I'm the play-by-play voice of Florida Atlantic, and it's my show. Damn it, I can do what I want. But let's start with the Gators. Emery Jones, the new quarterback, replacing Kyle Trask. Eh. Mm. Like that, that, that is my scouting report on Emory Jones, especially with Alabama coming into Gainesville in two weeks. My official scouting report on Emory Jones is, eh, all right, he's fast. He apparently is able to run the offense better than Anthony Richardson, his backup but he got baited into two bad interceptions by FAU's defense on Saturday, one in the end zone, uh, the other on an out route to the sideline. He got stuffed on a fourth and goal from the two. There are weird moments where he waits way too long to make a decision with the football. Uh, they do have an element of RPO where he is not in sync with his, his tailbacks at all. Emery Jones is just sort of and then his backup Anthony Richardson is a freak of nature six mm. three two thirty six and he's he is racing past I mean flying by defenders running like four five four six stuff down the sideline for touchdowns he's a freak, but he also is not much of a throwing option so I don't know what Dan Mullen does like the gators are good and I think that offensive line is vastly improved. I think that defense isn't vastly improved, but it's better it's better. they've got a good pass rush. At quarterback, I don't know how you compete with Alabama. I don't know how you compete with Georgia with those two options right now at quarterback. Oh, you don't. You don't. You just don't. <laughs> I mean, Emory, Emory Jones is not good enough to beat Georgia. He's just not. And he's sure as hell not good enough to beat Alabama. Dan Mullen's going to have to get weird. But the real question is, who is? Who is? Because
0: Alabama is foolproof. They have, like, an all-American yeah. kicker. They have an all-American quarterback.
1: Forget Alabama. What yeah. about Georgia,
0: then? they well, that defense is is ridiculous, you know. So I don't know like what Florida's outlook is. I don't know how like ambitious these fans are. You know, I'm not. I don't have a lot of Florida Gators guys on my timeline on Twitter. But you can't have. A, you can't possibly have high expectations for this team in the SEC this year.
1: Yeah, it it just it seems like a transition year for Florida, and I know the expectation is beat Georgia. The expectation is always going to be, well, let's win the East, let's at least get to the SEC title game and take our shot and maybe pull off something shocking like they almost did last year against yep. Alabama. But there is, there is going to be a drop-off in offensive production. Those running backs, those veteran running backs, uh, Damian Pierce is awesome, but they're not going to be able to do it all. Demarcus Bowman is awesome. They're not going to be able to do it all. Emory Jones is not a solid quarterback. Anthony Richardson is a freak, but how many design runs can you set him up on before SEC teams finally figure you out?
0: Can I try something here with him? Can I do a cross-racial comparison?
1: Sure. We don't do enough of those. We don't because we always just do in-racial comparisons, and it's really lazy. I like where you're going.
0: Please do, Theo. I'm going to give Richardson the Taysom Hill treatment. I think he is like their utility. Doesn't he play some special teams, too? He's like running down on kicks.
1: They had him out there as a receiver on the Hail Mary at the end of the first half.
0: Right. So he's a Hail Mary receiver. Yeah. He's lining up that receiver a couple other times. He's quarterback, and he's obviously running the ball when he is. I think he has that Taysom Hill element to that offense. That's probably why he's not the starter, but neither one of them are going to be good enough to compete in the SEC at a high level, but... I do like that Taysom Hill type comparison. I kinda, and I'm I kinda, sticking with it.
1: I kind of like that uh, that comparison, except he is a lot faster yeah. than Taysom Hill. Is. I mean, <laughs> he is terrifying. Gators fans, how are you feeling? There appears to be a hole at quarterback. The defense, I think is improved. I think it's improved. I know for a fact the offensive line is improved. They have upgraded in some areas. Uh, I don't know if it's enough for Todd Grantham to stick around after this year defensively, but they are better on defense. They are better. They're, it's going to help them hang in some games, I think, which was a vast departure from a year ago. But Gators fans, how do you feel after the win over FAU? 888-760-3776. 888 3776 Our Florida College Football Funhouse. Let's focus real quick on FAU. Willie Taggart's squad going into gainesville and again losing 35 to 14 nicozie perry looked really comfortable he looked comfortable as fau's quarterback did he uh miss on some plays that were there early on he missed new uh, running back johnny ford uh from usf the usf transfer on a deep ball that would have been a touchdown uh he missed deep uh on another play in the third quarter but fau was in the florida territory every possession of the first half i mean Nicozi marched him down the field he was accurate uh, and he's got weapons, uh, and I think that once FAU gets back into group of five play like they're going to this weekend with Georgia Southern, then they go to Air Force, there are going to be a lot of yards to be had for this FAU offense. Nikosi Perry looks like a guy that's ready to finally break out now that he's not going to have the weight of the world, the Miami world, on his shoulders. I was impressed by Nikosi Perry.
0: They're, the Owls' run defense is really getting tested in these first few weeks, right?
1: Like- yeah,
2: Definitely.
1: <laughs> Definitely, and they did not look good against Florida. The run defense was just not there. There was no pass rush either any time. That's what made me concerned about Embry-Jones, too, is that FAU did not pressure him at all. I mean, he was standing in the pocket and still struggling at times to complete passes, and the FAU back seven is good, but, man, they got dinged badly on the ground. Yeah. Badly, and that is not going to bode well for Georgia Southern this Saturday, an option team. Then they go play another option team in Air Force, in the altitude in two weeks so they're going to have to make some some improvements the back seven is fine. The pass defense is going to be fine. The rush defense looks a little bit dicey. The offense is going to be much better than it was a year ago, uh, with especially because Nikosi Perry is FAU starting quarterback. FAU fans, you get this treatment as well. How are you feeling after the Florida game? You can tweet at us or call 888 760 3776 or call or uh, tweet rather at ESPN West Palm. Our final two here as we uh, whip around in our Florida College Football Funhouse. Let's go to Orlando, and let's go to UCF. Now, we know what happened last week, this game last week. UCF taking out Boise State, a big comeback, 36-31. My big takeaway from this is Gus Malzahn is wearing Hawaiian shirts now to his press conferences. He has fully embraced the UCF lifestyle, and they're good. They're really, really good, and they're fun, and I think that Gus Malzahn truly appreciates being at UCF
0: i got to be honest, I didn't catch that game, but i got to now look up Gus Malzahn in this Hawaiian shirt.
1: Just check out what he was wearing today to his, his week opening press conference. Yeah. Just take a look. He is fully settled in. He is fully settled in. Uh, and that is the extent of what I have on UCF. <laughs> now let's go to what is the worst program in the state of Florida, and that is USF. Oh, my God. Also last week, 45 nothing drubbing at the hands of NC State. They have three quarterbacks and they have no quarterbacks. They're a wreck. Uh, They don't have any defense to speak of. They're a wreck. They don't have an offensive line to speak of. They've got a couple of skilled position players. USF is flat out bad. USF is flat out maybe one of the worst programs in the country. It's bad. What a long way they have fallen. And I know this was a bit of a reclamation project, but they got a lot of work to do. Yeah. It's awful.
0: I almost feel bad talking about them and not like FAMU or something like that. Another <laughs> D one school, and I think they're on FAMU's schedule this year, so yep. maybe we'll see. They'll they'll battle it out, and uh, you know FAMU just dropped to what Jackson State in the Orange Blossom Classic, yeah. which is huge. But I have nothing on USF, so
1: I I do like the idea. We should get an HBCU uh, update from Theo each Monday,
0: every month. Let me know because okay. especially because I think it would be dope to bring in that FAMU band. You, I like all of these other college bands we got with the intros. But making it's making this not, segment. It's not FAMU. That Famu band was amazing. I, I was out there at Hard Rock Stadium this past uh, Saturday uh, when Jackson State taking yeah. on Famu, and that was. Man, that halftime show was better than the football as per usual.
1: I love when uh, when FAMU comes down to play the Canes and everybody sticks around until halftime to see the FAMU band and then everybody just gets out because it's, it's like 45 to nothing at that point. So, <laughs> But, yeah, that, that's the draw. That is the draw. And that is your Florida college football fun house. We do it every single End of weekend, start of week, I should say, and especially with the long weekend, had a lot of catching up to do. When we return here on Ken LaVica Live, we are going to get to the coolest moment of the week, and we're giving you a chance to win a $50, $50, $50, $50 Stormhouse gift card. We're playing a little college football coaching trivia. He's Theo Dorsey. I'm Ken LaVica. I'm live on ESPN 1063.